In 1939, Robert Louis May released a poem which would come to inspire a story beloved by the world, capturing the hearts and minds of Christmas lovers for decades to come, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. First appearing in a booklet published by Montgomery Ward, the department store Mr. May had been working at, it has since been adapted and shaped in numerous ways, from hit songs, TV specials, feature films, and even issued in a series of stamps by the U.S. Postal Service. It's no exaggeration to say Rudolph's had an everlasting impact. Of course, with such a wide reception, there's no deficit of interpretation. Opinions range from it being a story embodying the drive and need for individual expression and reception to a parable of commercialism cloaked in benevolence. Although that last one sounds to me more of a projection on their perspective regarding Christmas... It's apparent to see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a seasonal staple. Created towards the end of the Great Depression, the story of the little red-nosed fawn ridiculed and rejected from birth, chosen as the one to lead Santa's sleigh through the dark and foggy night. From that alone, it's easy to see why people resonated with the story, given the historical context. But since then, this myth has grown in scale. As the folktale of Rudolph was embraced, more and more people threw in their hats, culminating in the 1964 TV special adaption of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You're listening to Jay Castle. This is Locksmith. The core issue arises with Mrs. Claus trying to get Mr. Claus to eat, but he is concerned with other things. Meanwhile, Rudolph is born with a birth defect, which influences his ability to fit in with others. Interestingly enough, the word defect means a want or lack of something, especially with regard to what is expected, and also to desert or to revolt. Which is funny, considering Rudolph was born in an Arctic desert, failed to meet the expectations of those who came before him, and whose appearance others were revolted by. Well, we'll simply have to overlook it. Now how can you overlook that? His beak blinks like a blinking beacon. His father, Donner, trying to hide the light of his son before it's seen by others, tries to make him mask it, saying he won't be able to help Santa with a shiny red nose like this. Interesting to say, Donner's name could be interpreted to mean that which dawns, as in a mask or crown, or that which dawns, as in the morning star, or an idea. Which reminds me of a similar story, that of Christ, whose birth served as the inspiration for Christmas. A man who others considered not well-formed, failed to meet the expectations of those who came before him, and whose appearance others despised and were revolted by. Man went out into the desert and returned willingly to face the abominable to save his family. Rudolph does that too. Mirroring this, we have Hermes' unique trait, which prevents him from fitting in. The, quote, shiny red nose. As in the new knowledge gained from reading. What's eating you, boy? Not happy in my work, I guess. It's something of a mental defect. Hermie deserts from his previous mode of being as what he once did no longer provides a meaning or satisfaction, preventing him from fitting in. The head elf tries to cover up this revolting worker, allowing everyone to have a break but him, 
saying he finishes painting a little red wagon or he's fired. Interesting to note, Hermie is the only elf to have humanoid ears, and the outfit worn by the head elf is the same as what Will Ferrell wears as his character of Buddy in Elf. Not to mention Hermes sounds very similar to Hermes, the Greek god of boundaries, divine messenger, and psychopomp, conductor of souls into the afterlife. Surely no relation, right? And so we've got an allusion to Christ, the sun. Hermes, the mercurial, joining the forces on the run from the abominable snow monster when our duo meets Yukon Cornelius, greatest prospector in the north. Stumbling upon them on his search for a gold mine, silver mine, no, peppermint mine. Peppermint, good for regulation, healing, headaches, and dreams. Also, correspondent to Mercury. Yukon hmm. joining in acts as the representative vehicle to express the idea that in blending the energy of Rudolph and Hermie, the alchemical result is that they're ultimately embarking on the search for value, which leads the group to truly enter into the wilderness of the desert. As to escape the abominable, the group must float into the void of the night, not knowing what may happen. This is where the cool stuff really comes to light. As the group floats away from the abominable into the unknowable, drifting into the dark, frigid sea, they end up in an island of misfit toys, something akin to landing on an island of dreams where they're greeted by Charlie in the box. His name is literally Chuck in the box, as in, they only discover where they are from chucking the box. So Chuck in the box tells them they'd best speak to King Moonracer if they want to stay. Chuck pronouncing it like King Moonraiser. King Moonraiser is a lion resembling Scar. His courtroom looks like what we see with the childlike Empress in The NeverEnding Story. In fact, there are quite a few similarities between the island of misfit toys and Fantasia. King Moonraiser tells them, The island is only for misfit toys, that, unlike playthings, a living creature cannot hide themselves on an island. But he asks Rudolph to help the toys. And of course, the illusion to Christ agrees to help the misfits. And so the king allows them to sleep for the night. Early that morning, Rudolph sneaks away, leaving the group for fear that his nose will only bring them trouble. He continues his run from the Abominable, alone, before long sprouting antlers, coming to realize he can't outrun his troubles. Returns home to learn not Mom, Dad, nor Clarice are around. And so, reminiscent to King Arthur and his knights entering the forest at the point which seemed darkest, Rudolph knew he had to enter the cave of the Abominable Snowman, into the belly of the beast, the place he feared most. The only two instances we see of caves are from when he was born and the one he is now heading toward. Juxtaposing one another provides a fun contrast. The first cave, home of his mother and father, shares a resemblance to a birth canal where the young must leave from the warm south, bearing the shape of a vesica Pisces, having a warmer color palette, even in the presence of snow, it's ultimately correspondent to the origination of life energy in a much wider sense. This is where the story began, where life arose, that which is now a dream in the past, where only playthings can live. Whereas the second cave, home of the abominable snowman, is in a cold northern mountain resembling a face, 
with the entrance of the cave a giant mouth surrounded by a sharp and pointed beard. It is here one must go willingly into that which bears the shape of the abominable itself to enter the belly of the beast and rescue his family, ultimately being correspondent to the origination of the ordering principle in a much wider sense. This is where reason arises. The definition Rudolph can no longer avoid. It is here that fear of the abominable meets its end by way of Rudolph working to save his family and Hermie plucking the teeth of the beast, Yukon takes it down so the group can return to the village. In celebratory fashion, Santa vows to help the misfits. The head elf works with Hermie to help open a dentistry. Donner apologizes to Rudolph, and the town admits to acknowledge the fact that misfits can fit in. At that, Yukon arrives with the abominable on a leash, who now wants a job showing that he can easily put a star at the top of the tree. However, the core issue remains, that of Mrs. Claus trying to get Santa to eat, which is soon realized as Santa laments that the storm will not subside overnight. It finally <clears throat> dawns on him to ask those words which would echo throughout history. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Now, you see how it's done? Wahoo! Peppermint, 